All right, welcome back to Friday to Friday, and we've got plenty to talk about, starting with a couple singles from J. Cole that dropped last Wednesday night, just a couple hours after uh, we recorded last week's episode. We've got a new project from Logic, maybe his last. We'll see what happens. We've got a project from the up-and-coming The Kid Leroy, Juice World's protege. We've got a project from Currency, who collabed with Harry Fraud. We've got the deluxe version of Gunna's Wanna, and we've got a couple singles to talk about as well. So we're going to start off with J. Cole's singles, because uh, that backtracks all the way to last Wednesday. So these have been out for just over a week now. We had the first track, The Climb Back, and the second track, Lion King on Ice. J. Cole's one of my favorite artists, and as I said last week, I expected, just based on the titles, I expected Climb Back to be one that was more lyrical and Lion King on Ice to ha- be one that was more um, like like a pop appeal. And I think that that's true to an extent, but I think both of these tracks were, were actually pretty strong from J. Cole. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, the climb back, a lot of lyricism here. Um, it was just basically like, I got this beat and let's just flow the whole mm-hmm. time, you know? Um, and then Lion King on Ice was definitely supposed to be more, I guess, of the, the banger, if you will. Um, and I love the bass on this track as well. Um, it was definitely more fast paced. Um, but I was more a fan of the climb back. You were? I was about to say which one you, I was about to ask which one you liked more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the Lion King on Ice was really good. I I feel like the flow was a lot harder on Lion King on Ice. Agreed. Um, but I will say I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that stretched out vocal sample. You know what I'm talking about in the yeah, background? Yeah. That kind of that I felt like that was a little bit annoying. Um, that took away from the song a little bit for me. But I definitely feel like that flow was a lot harder. Had a little bit more of a pop appeal. The first song I did prefer, although I liked both of them. The lyricism, the lyrics were just crazy on the on the first on the first song. He has uh, great rhymes. Honestly, yeah, I think my decision was made easy because the climb back I thought had one of the best beats of the year. I, okay. I loved him over that kind of beat it just sounded so it, it was beautiful to be honest. it was great that's crazy that um you know because the first song climb back that was produced just by j cole himself and then lion king on ice was the one with jetson and t-minus and in cole so it's weird that the did, one that I, sounded better I, I i agree was the one that was just j cole i thought yeah that's super impressive yeah i really like how uh j cole had really nowadays has two different sounds he has one that's a lot cleaner um, as you can see on tracks like a lot with uh, 21 Savage um, and he also has a standard like raspy flow and I thought both kind of showed on this climb back track with uh, a cleaner version on the hook and then these raspy raspy verses that are just I love his lyricism within them you know what else I love about J. Cole too is he's not the best singer in the world He's not a very talented singer, but for some reason, the J. Cole tracks that I love the most are the ones where he has a singing hook. Even though he doesn't have a great vocal range, 
he's not hitting any notes. I, I still find myself really coming attached to whenever he does open up and sing. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think it's cool how he's able to venture out and try it, even though it's kind of a stretch for him at some mm-hmm. points. Um, but honestly, one of my favorite songs by him is uh, Kevin's Heart, which is basically all singing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this upcoming album. Um, I, I know we said last week when he dropped these two songs that he doesn't have a timetable. I have a feeling that the pandemic has to play a part in that. But especially with these two songs, I think that we are approaching the most confident J. Cole has ever been as a rapper. Um, yeah, he's got arguably three different parts to his game, the rapping, the producing, and the songwriting, because he all three he does all three, and they all play a huge part in, in each individual song. Um, I think the with the producing, that started a long time ago, all the way back in like 2014 with Forest Hills Drive when he started producing his own music so he's already a confident producer the songwriting he became a very confident songwriter with his last two projects uh for your eyes only and kod were great lyrically had phenomenal themes but i've always felt that just like we've talked about with drake too you can tell the difference between a non-confident and a very confident drake and i think you can do the same with j cole and when Revenge of the Dreamers dropped last year, the few features that he himself had as a rapper in those songs, I felt like were confident and he came out hard and it's the best that I have ever heard J. Cole rap. And I think these two songs had similar confidence. They were very hard and if he brings the same confidence, and the same talent that he has as a producer and songwriter, I think this might be J. Cole's best project. So I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. Honestly, in the past couple of years, I can also see uh, J. Cole's like, growing confidence. I feel like he has nothing to prove anymore. I feel like he's dropped enough albums and got enough both criticism and enough uh, support with everything he's done to be like, I can just make whatever I want now, and it doesn't really matter what they say. So I agree. Um, although some of the lyrics in these two songs touched on how he feels like now is the time where he's going to come out in, in his own words, show the world that he's the greatest, he's the best. So I, I don't think that he has any more to prove. I think in his own mind he has more to prove, and I think that that's going to drive him and, and motivate him throughout this next project. Yeah, I definitely hope that'll... Uh that'll produce uh like another just a great album with all the all the confidence and uh hopefully a couple hits on it so yeah i'd imagine um we're gonna move on to logic's as of now his last album um farewell tour yeah he uh well that would be sad a farewell (laughs) tour that would be i didn't even think about a tour um i bet he's not thinking about it either right now yeah that's true nobody's thinking about it um Logic drops this new album. It's called No Pressure, which is the sequel to his debut album, Under Pressure. He collabed with No ID, the producer from Chicago, um, who he also worked with for his debut project, Under Pressure. And according to Logic, he's retiring. This is his last project. I was never really the biggest Logic fan. I felt like a lot of his flows and lyrics were a little bit corny there are 
some instances where I do really appreciate and like his talent. Um, but he's a guy that I never really got into a ton. Yeah, I think I like a logic probably a little bit more than you. Um, there are definitely some projects that he's had that have been fantastic and uh, songs on at least all of the albums that I've liked. So um, at the same time, logic does have this corniness to him that sometimes shines through and makes it hard to listen to some tracks just because it's it's just not it's not cool. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of lame. Um, but I think honestly, Logic is one of the best, one of the better gifted rappers. I think he's his ability to switch flows, his ability to rap fast is is awesome, and uh, I think some of that some of that shows on this album. I agree. Uh, I don't think necessarily that there is a bad song on this album. If I were a Logic fan, I would probably think that this album was perfect. I feel like this is completely tailored to his fan base. Um, a, a few songs in, I, I was questioning a little bit. He didn't have a lot of hooks in the beginning of the album. And then he had the one song, Five Hooks, where he basically was like, yeah, there are only five hooks on this album. I'm doing everything that I want to do. And do you know, I'm not trying to hit, make any hit songs. I'm doing it from my fans this is who i am as a rapper mm-hmm. um so i i think that this was a great album for logic fans I, i'm not super was again i wasn't super into his older projects but i could still see the ties between this project and under pressure his debut album even though i've only listened to it like once twice maybe three times so i know that there are probably even more connections that I'm missing, more ties that he made with the debut album. Overall, I think it's a it's a good project, and um, I guess we'll just dive into it. Yeah, I think I think Logic on this project really uh, turned back the clock a little bit mm-hmm. to uh, some of uh, his earlier rapping. Um, the, his past couple albums, some of them seemed more commercial. Um, some of them just didn't have. He he didn't stick to I think an underground sound that he's really good at. Um, and you know, kind of put him on the map. So I thought this album was a nice little return to form, and you know, maybe a goodbye. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And the production on this album, as we'll get oh, into, I thought was phenomenal. Fantastic. Yep. So we'll start with uh, the intro. No pressure intro. Uh, he again is using this guy Orson Welles as a narrator, like he's done in the past. I know he did it with um, the incredible true story or tits as it goes by in in, <laughs> in, in, in many terms um but i mean this was a smooth flow i thought it was a really good start to the album yeah i agree i like how he uses uh this narrator and we can see him a couple times throughout this album uh good flow i like the underground piano beat and you know and the underground sound is what's so important about a lot of these tracks i think to people who don't listen to logic all the time this is a very grab your attention intro this is an intro that if you you're not a big logic fan this is going to get you to listen to the whole album you know what i mean mm-hmm. you yeah it'll pull check, you in. all right let's let me check out the intro oh this intro is pretty pretty good i'm excited for the rest of the rest of the album he doesn't give too much away on it either correct yeah i agree definitely uh hit my line is the second track and this is one of my favorite tracks on the album again just like we talked with j cole Logic to me isn't the best singer in the world and because of that I think that may play into 
the reasons for him not having a lot of hooks on the album, but he does layer the singing in the hook, which I think mm-hmm. makes it sound less vulnerable. So I do like the hook in this song. The beat, it's super upbeat, and I think that the, the vocals and, and the production, they all have a, a real good vibe together. Um, and the flow was solid throughout it. This is one of my favorite songs in the album, personally. Yeah, I agree. I thought this beat was fantastic. I loved it. I loved, uh, you know, another old school kind of piano beat. Um, great drop. Um, and I liked how he was talking about it, kind of like, you know, all just these problems and kind of wanting to fix them. Um, and also the beat, like at the end, how it's like there's the record scratching and like mm-hmm. the chopping of it. It was the production all over this thing is, is amazing. Yeah, I've, I like how it, he did it in this song and he does it in multiple songs. He mm-hmm. let the beat ride out mm-hmm. in some songs. He did it in the beginning. He doesn't come in until a minute into the song in, in other songs the beat rides out for another 40 seconds and I, thought, I really like that because the beats in this album are really strong the beats are so good that he's able to do it and it adds a lot to the song mm-hmm. the only thing that i will comment on and i know it's something that logic has done in the past i am not a fan of that the outro in each song mm-hmm. you know it's the I, I forget the woman's name um but it's like that choppy almost robotic sounding woman giving little like factoids about the album yeah you know what i'm talking about um i think i think certain tracks can work but not all the time well i made note of a couple of them so we'll come back to them when they hit um but yeah that i'm not the biggest fan of that i felt like it took away like it made like the transitioning in between songs a little bit worse i think in some people's minds probably to logic fans it added more Mm -hmm. but to me who again i'm not a diehard logic fan i i wasn't the biggest fan of it track number three is gp4 or growing pains four um again growing pains three i know was on under pressure so another you know homage back to the uh debut album he does that a lot on this album yeah i noticed that too tracks um so what did you think of gp4 uh, it wasn't one of my favorite tracks. I wasn't a big fan of the hook. I didn't like how, uh, it didn't really work for me, the harmonization of the vocals. Um, he did have a good flow on here. Uh, once again, production very consistent, but not, not the best for me. He took the hook from, um, an Outcast song, Elevators, back from, I think it was like 96, um, which is cool. But again, I think that's, I, I, he's not super strong in the hooks. Yeah. So I, I think you see him either he layers the hook or he's borrowing the hook from a different song or he has like in this song especially he has one long verse instead of doing like Multiple shorter hooks, three yeah. yeah so you don't have to have the hook in there constantly yeah. He, yeah he doesn't he doesn't need a lot of hooks you know? yeah it only works once in a while so this song for me it wasn't my favorite because of because of the hook but um i did like the flow on the song i had a couple uh i felt a couple jid vibes Really? Some of the flow a little bit. Just because of how like a little high pitched it got. I had a Jid vibe, we'll get to it, on the um that one short quick track, perfect. Oh perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um but track four is celebration. Uh this is Celebration is the name obviously of a um oh, an older Kanye song, and I see that he he again has one later, uh heard him say, which is off of late registration. So there are a few times where I see him uh, pay homage to Kanye. He does it to Outkast a few times too. So I think it's cool that he's. Um, you can see where his influences are throughout the album. 
I know one track he mentions all of, like the uh, the people he had to he got to work with, mm-hmm. like uh, Wu Tang Clan and uh, a couple other artists. Yeah, but you're right. I, I thought that was super cool. Um, yeah, the the second track he said um, something about how this wasn't his Jesus Walks song. Like, he, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely a few uh, Kanye connections. Um, I felt like on Celebration they had another uncreative course chorus not chorus another uncreative chorus um but i did like the flows from both logic and this guy um i don't know how to pronounce his name silas Silas. yeah i'd, I'd never heard of him he's before. on uh, logic's label logic oh, okay. signed him to his label i looked him up too because I, I had never heard of him either um but yeah i, I felt like the hook was kind of poor um luckily we're getting rid of the the hooks early on and here on out there aren't many hooks left but Push um, him away, get out but, but these couple flows i did really like in in the verses yeah i thought uh both artists had uh great verses on this track i really love the beat once again i mm-hmm. thought it was crazy um and it was a very upbeat track only sometimes i i thought logic was kind of drowned out by the beat just because of i how, agree how loud it was and how intense it was but uh other than that i i thought it was one of the better tracks for me i also really liked to um Logic had the first verse, and then Silas, Silas, butchering the name probably, he had the second verse, and then the switch back to Logic for Logic's second verse mm-hmm. was really strong. I really liked that. I like um, when artists can do that. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's super clean. Like, it, it's almost like you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. Again, though, with the outro, this one is uh, Logic and his crew played chess mercilessly throughout the album's creation. <laughs> like, Just like stupid things. Like, like what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe some yeah, people like it. I think it. his fans will like that stuff, yeah, though. I hope so. Track five was Open Mic slash Aquarius the second, Aquarius 2. Um, I thought the intro was really cool to this track. And um, the the interlude in this track, I, I recognized from, um, from Under Pressure. I had to look it up. It's from I'm Gone, which was a, a song on a debut album. And again, there are probably so many ties to Under Pressure, and I'm not even a big Logic fan that I probably missed half of them. But uh, overall, I felt like this was a decent song. No hook, had four verses. Um, great lyrics on this one. Yeah, me too. I thought I thought the lyricism shined the most in this. Well, not nothing too crazy here for me. It's just a solid track. Yeah, I think um, I recognize the beat. It must be a, a popular sample. I don't know exactly where the sample's from, but the second beat, the Aquarius beat, I recognize from a Kendrick song, um, an old mixtape Kendrick song. Um, I love how how many just the sheer amount of samples. Yeah. On this. Yeah. No ID definitely is had a great showing in this album. Uh, great chemistry with uh, with Logic as well. Soul Food Two again. Soul Food One was on Under Pressure. Um, this sample I really liked. Me too. The, yeah, this was a great beat. I looked this one up um, to see if I recognized the sample. And I guess um, Logic said that this song in particular, this is what the original Soul Food was supposed to sound like. This is what he wanted it to sound like. But he couldn't get the entire sample cleared. So the original one had some edits to it. And this is what he really wanted it to be. That's, I thought that was kind of interesting. His fans will love that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the flow was was really good throughout this one, but this is one of my favorite beats on the album. Yeah, honestly, the beat, it, it felt like almost like an old-school movie. It was cinematic, the mm-hmm. way it was built up. But, uh, yeah, once again, I like how the beat breaks down. I love the... There's that 
middle part where it's like glitching almost yeah. from like ear to ear and i thought that was super cool and then it was a good a good switch with a nice flow at the end so yeah i i the flow was good at the end he was talk, rapping about like the um the astronauts from his tits pro i'm gonna keep calling it tits because <laughs> i think it's funny um the tits project like i I don't know. I, again, not the biggest Logic fan, so that didn't connect with me. I wasn't a big fan of the second part of the song lyrically, but I really love the beat in this song. Number seven was Perfect. This is a song that I had heard before because I know when he went on tour with uh, Jid and YBN Corday last year, this was a song that he played a few times in concert, so I had heard videos of it. Um, this is a song that I feel like you easily could have put a guy like Jid or YBN Corday, a fast flowing mm -hmm. rapper on. I felt like that would have fit in well with that tour. And overall, I felt like it was a decent track. I liked how it was like a short, like kind of like banger track. Mm -hmm. It was the only one, only banger really on here, yeah. to be honest. Um, and I like it, it had a Southern vibe to it, the way uh, the beat was. So I also liked also how uh, they had the, the Street Fighter tag yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it it's, yeah it yeah. was worked into kind of his flow he i know um kanye had done that before mm -hmm. he used it on um facts from life of pablo i've heard it on so many other songs really too. yeah uh, but i think this i think it worked extremely well here almost the best i've ever heard it. yeah I, I thought that was a really cool cool addition good point track eight is man i is and I want to hear what you think about this track first. Um, it, it wasn't my favorite. Okay. I, I did like the beat. I, I'm not a big fan of when he lets the beat ride in the beginning because I feel like I'm waiting too long okay. for something. If you're going to have a beat, let it ride out at the end and let it build up a little bit at the end. Um, That's fair. But, yeah, I like the I like the horns in the middle. That uh, Outside of that, it was a little slow for me. So, so the horns I recognized in the beginning, and I've – so I spent the first minute listening to the song. I, I've been, I was trying to think, like, where are these horns from? I know what these horns are from. And then the first verse, I, re I really liked the verses from um, Logic on this album. I felt like they were really, really good. And then instead of having the hook, you had the beat kind of ride out a little bit in between the verses. Mm -hmm. And then the horns really kicked in. And I recognized them again from another Outkast song. I had to look it up because I couldn't remember which one it was. But the song is... Spotty Yachty Dopalicious. That's the, that is the Outcast song. Um, but th I think this was personally my favorite really? track on the album. I really love the horns on this. The production's great and the verses are really good. Um, again, no hook, but I like it. I, I agree. I agree. With beats like this, you don't need hooks. Yeah. He's not the best hook. No. I, I don't need some cringe. And because of that, a lot of these songs aren't going to hit the radio. They're not going to hit any big apple music spotify playlists because they don't have a lot of replay value without the hook you know they're not really yeah. catchy but yeah. it also makes it from start to finish a better album overall i think it it, it enhances he's, the he, project as a whole he's not forcing anything right i think it's better this way too because i don't think he's really trying to make like a great you know catchy song it's not about that it's about kind of wrapping things up i guess yeah i agree um the outro for this song anime such as cowboy bebop trigun and samurai champloo were in constant rotation during the making of this album thanks okay <laughs> cool <laughs> all right 
Track nine was a very interesting track, Dad Bod. <laughs> what did you think of Dad Bod? I, uh, I liked what he was getting at here. Um, he talks about it a couple times on this album, you know, about his kid, you mm-hmm. know, and how, like, once he had his kid, it seems like nothing else really matters as much. And I think that's important for showing how he's grown up in the past 10 years, you know, since he got into music and how he's just in a new phase of his life. Um, it was an interesting approach to kind of talking about these themes because that last uh, verse was just all about him just talking about everyday life, mm-hmm. like going to the grocery store and stuff like that, which I thought was funny. And I, I like the track like this for an album like this. <laughs> he goes, uh, <laughs> a really hot girl walks yep, by with that's, a fat that's, ass. I wrote that down. That's the lyric. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if Hefty really holds the most <laughs> trash. I was laughing out loud about it. I thought that was really funny. I thought it was one of the more creative tracks. Yeah. Too. Definitely and very creative. Definitely. Um, at this point, I had recognized so many different samples. I thought this one maybe came from uh, Forbidden Fruit, um, the J. Cole Kendrick song, but I couldn't verify that, so I'm probably wrong. But um, I really like this track. Like you said, you hit on all the points. The lyricism was great. The, the I, I felt like it was a really creative way to touch on these themes, and um, he did it really well. And uh, I don't know how much, personally... Um, his son you know, having a family is playing into his retirement but I feel like since this isn't the only track where he is mentioning his son that that probably played a big part in his decision mm-hmm. yeah it seems like you know this family life that he has he wants to go to a new chapter of his life mm-hmm. it's what it seems like with this album track 10 five hooks this personally might be my least favorite track on the album i'm not really sure um but again he has a couple cool um lyrics that connect to kanye he has a one um no id my mentor but it's time for the story's end which connects to um big brother off of graduation where kanye goes uh no id my mentor now let the story begin so i felt like that was cool um you know, Kanye's talking about his story beginning. Logic is talking about his, his story's end. Yeah, it's um, switching it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, later on he says... Um, oh, he uses the exact line from um, Good Life, like we always do at this time. Um, so yeah, a couple cool Kanye lines, but for me, that's all I really got from this album. I didn't Or from this song, I didn't think it was super special. Like, the beat was cool and the flow was solid, but to me, nothing stood out a ton. Yeah, I liked, once again, the production was great. Um... I like how he kind of, he takes part of this track to tell a story of, like, his years in the industry and, you know, dropping these mixtapes, dropping these albums and how it's gone and, you know, how he's here now, you know, after all of it, where he stands. And again, I do like the title, Five Hooks, um, again, emphasizing that in this album, there are only five hooks. Yeah, Logic really ties in a lot of, like, these inside things to it. Dark Place is track 11. And while I was looking up the lyrics to this track, supposedly Logic didn't want this track on the album because he's touched on dark themes like these before. Obviously, uh, 1-800 was mm-hmm. probably his most popular song, um, the, talking about suicide. So this song where he's talking about his own mental struggles and anxiety and stuff like that, um, he said that unlike other times where he's rapped about themes like this like these um this one doesn't really have a happy twist at the end it's just 
there. Um, and so he said because of that, he didn't really want this on the album. But supposedly all the people around him said it was too good to leave it off. So he ended up putting it on there. Yeah, he talks a lot about like uh, his insecurities mm -hmm. and overthinking things. Once you get famous, you know, you get all this criticism and fame doesn't always equal happiness is kind of like the end goal or uh, the, the end message of what he's trying to say um i yeah I, I thought this at least these themes talking about the insecurities being a darker track it doesn't necessarily fit on the album with a lot more of a i guess it's it's more of like a happy send-off yeah and this kind of you know brought it down just a little bit but i like the track i do like that the beat on this track is kind of laid back and took a back seat to the lyrics mm -hmm. since the lyrics were so important and the sample at the end um i thought that was strong too i like that he isn't afraid to use samples um like uh, monologues from from different people mm -hmm. obviously that takes away from radio value and stuff like that but he's not really focused on that again as we've touched on track 12 probably up there with dad bod as one of the most creative tracks on the album a to z um it's just the one verse but throughout it he is teaching his son the alphabet mm -hmm. um i thought this was very very creative i liked the again talking mentioning about or talking about his son at the beginning of the track um I, and i really really think that the flow was solid it was really really cool the beat was sick might be one of my favorite beats on the album um the only thing i don't really like is that there was the guy in the background echoing each letter mm -hmm. i don't know how i i would have liked to hear how the song sounded without the guy echoing the abcs behind him yeah you know I mean? it, it took away a little bit but i i like this seems like a track that's just like for his kid mm -hmm. basically and i, I love how he 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 took, he took an album and he, he put something in there that, you know, is just centered around basically what his new life is going to be, you know? Um, I also like how he had his kid in the beginning. Yeah. You know, that little uh, little intro part. So I like the clip at the end, too, um, where he uses, like, one of his uh, clips rapping back when he first started in, like, 2005. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like how it's basically, like he was a kid at the time mm -hmm. of recording that and now it's like he's bringing this new kid into the world his own kid yeah that's a good connection um that's a good point he's like saying goodbye to who he was yeah. as a child and you know making way uh, supposedly logic also credited his son on the track as one of the songwriters and early start in the industry <laughs> <laughs> so because of that a uh, a percentage of this song the like profits yeah. go straight to a bank account for his son so i <laughs> thought that was kind of cool yeah <laughs> i thought that was cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> track 13 is heard him say uh again paying respect to kanye who had a uh, track heard him say with adam levine off late registration one of my favorite kanye tracks um just saying um yeah, but this song for me wasn't my favorite song on the album. Um, I, I, what do you I really think didn't. Of it? I really didn't like the sample. Yeah, and I didn't that either. Just kind of made me not want to listen to it. Yeah, the production didn't connect much with, with me. Didn't really hit me, um, which sucks because I felt like 
you've got three tracks left and this is the only one so far that I've heard that was like the production wasn't phenomenal mm -hmm. so yeah. that was disappointing to me I'm, I'm glad we got the next track though yeah track 14 Amen was a, a very good track <laughs> yeah about this it. is basically the last time we hear Logic right um, and I love how the, the beat build up built up throughout it um, and he was basically talking about you know thanking God for you know getting where he is thanking his fans for supporting him and just kind of being grateful for you know the cars that he got dealt in his life it's already been using an nba commercial have you heard it no i haven't yeah yet. it's already in an nba commercial um i thought it was I'll interesting hear it soon. yeah <laughs> i thought it was interesting between like at the end of track 13 i think it was at the end of the track track 13 leading into the beginning of amen he there was the narrator saying that that was the end of um, No Pressure, and this is now the beginning of the Ultra 85, which was supposed to be the album after No Pressure. So I think he didn't want to leave Ultra 85 just as, like, nothing. He wanted to at least include it somewhat because he had teased it previously. So I guess this is the, the one track from that was supposed to be on that album that he decided to include. And we never know. We never know what's going to happen we later. Don't, we don't know. Just grow up. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think this is a really cool track. Um, definitely a good send-off. Um, because track 15 wasn't a song. It was... Yeah. Um, a more of a monologue. Right. There was a nice transition into the song. But yeah, it was it was uh, from, again, uh, Orson Welles, who's narrated multiple albums for him. Um, especially Tits. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean... The commentary, basically, like the sample just talks about there's still a lot of work to be done in society today to make sure everyone's equal. Yeah, I thought it was fine how he left off. Instead of rapping, it was more of like a food for thought. Yeah. You know, just think about these things and uh, make make the world a little better. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, we've, we've spoken about it multiple times now. Um, definitely think that throughout the next year or so, any artist, every artist, is going to have at least something in their projects that... Yeah, touch on these subjects. Exactly. Um, I think the way that Logic did it was, was very well done. So, I gave this a 7.4, which is even with Juice World's Legends Never Die, for uh, if you want to compare it. Um, my favorite was Man I Is, although... Again, there are a few tracks I like. I let me see other tracks that I really hit my line. Might have been my favorite. Um, Man, I is was really good. Dad bod was almost up there. Um, those are probably my three favorite to be honest. Um, my least favorite was heard him say, which we touched on. I didn't really love the production, although it still wasn't a bad song. I didn't think that there was a bad song on this album. Yeah, I think everything. With all this production, it was all consistent. Like, nothing really stood out that much um, for being bad, at least. Uh, there was a lot of good tracks. Uh, mainly for me, it was Hit My Line, Celebration, and Perfect. I, I did like Perfect a lot. Okay. Um, least favorite, also, uh, Heard Him Say, just because that, that sample was was annoying to me. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm going to give this an 8. It was definitely one of the better okay. products I've heard all year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was a very good project. 
and we've touched on like I know we said with Legends Never Die and other projects like if you weren't a Juice World fan before this project this it wasn't gonna make you a Juice World fan this project was meant for Logic fans this is Logic was able to go back to what it, it, back to his roots with this project and me not being a Logic fan, I really did appreciate it. And again, I have it graded as one of my favorite albums of the year. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. I also think it, it just, it, it looks back to a different time. And I think even people who are older could respect, you know, uh, the way Logic approaches some of these songs and the way he raps because it, it, it it's very old school. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not a big enough Logic fan to be able to make a prediction about the rest of his career. Um, I hope that you know, he gets the, the privacy he deserves and people aren't constantly asking him if he's ever going to come back. Just let him be and enjoy his life. But um, Yeah, let him shop in peace. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Um, if this is the end of Logic's career, his music career, I feel like it was a very good send-off. Yeah, he went out on a high note. Yeah. So we're going to move on to a guy at the beginning of his career. Uh, the Kid Leroy, he is known as Juice World's protege. Um, he is from Australia, and supposedly when Juice World was out there in Australia, he mentored the Kid Leroy. And I mean, he's a young kid and has a young career. And whether it be because of uh, TikTok or you know, Juice World or just having his own growing his own fan base on his own he's become very very popular um he just recently dropped this album thursday or friday uh titled fuck love and he's a guy that before legends never die i hadn't heard much of before you know the addison ray which was popularized on tiktok probably his worst song (laughs) yeah for super generic (laughs) i hadn't heard much of him but um you know, sometimes I hear Trippy Red, sometimes I hear Juice World, sometimes I hear Post Malone. Um, he has a lot of variety, a lot of range, a lot of versatility, and you can see at times throughout this album, I think this kid is going to be popular for quite a while. Yeah, I, sometimes I wouldn't even consider him a rapper. I, I, mm-hmm. I consider him more of just, you know, a singer in a way, with who takes like rapping elements such as like production and some of his flows um he's more than capable of making uh, a pop hit which uh has been displayed considering he's only had like eight songs right and like four of them are pretty popular um honestly i think i think this kid has a long way to go to harness you know his sound because I think at some points he can get a little whiny. I 100% and, agree. And that was my main problem with this album because I didn't know how well he could carry a whole project considering we've only had singles. And while some songs definitely had were hits, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that... We're drowned out by the whininess. Yeah. yeah a I lot agree. that made me kind of had to turn it off. And that, yeah. was, that was my biggest problem. I definitely think that he shares juice world's ability to just without much effort make a hit song a lot of these songs have really catchy hooks um and so i think that even a a shitty album he's gonna have some radio play 
but I do agree at times the whininess did get to me. I think he does have a ways to go, as you said, to harness that sound. Um, but what songs would you say then that you did like out of this album? Uh, out of the ones on this album, I think uh, I Wish, which is probably the most popular track um, that released recently. It was uh, a very catchy hook. Probably, probably the best banger on this album. Okay. Um, I liked Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I liked uh, Same Thing, and I liked Tell Me Why, which I think released like last week. Yeah, um, it was a single. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I've, I've, how many tracks? Do you know how many tracks were on there? I forget. There were 15 tracks, but there was like three skits, I think. There yeah. were four skits, so 11 tracks, I think. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them. I'd, I'd listen to them, and I, I just would lose interest just because of the whininess. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I really liked the skits. I thought the skits were a cool touch. Mm-hmm. I thought some of them were, were kind of funny, but were super relatable um, with the whole theme of fuck love, um, you know, detailing a, a relationship that maybe fell apart. I think these are the exact kind of skits you'd find on a 16-year-old's album. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and I think a lot of the subject matter is also what you'd find on a 16-year-old album. True. It's a lot of, I like, mean, man, that girl, yeah. you know, I miss her, or I'm having a good time with her. That, <laughs> yeah, but I, I've said it about Trippy Red before, too. Um, like, he had the one song we reviewed with Party Next Door, and he had the one feature on Juice World's album. It doesn't really matter what he's saying. It could just be the most basic mm-hmm. love romantic whatever type lyrics with the passion that he sings with it's still catchy and you still have people singing to it just because of the emotion that he sings with so i I totally agree and these super catchy super sticky Mm -hmm. melodies is what's really more important with an artist like this and sometimes with an artist like juice world too it's it's that catchiness um i think him being so young i don't really want him to you know explore too much because I don't know what he really has to say. True. And I don't think he really needs to say much to make a good song, so I think he should just kind of stick to these simple themes, and uh, he'll be successful. I agree. Um, I liked Maybe. I liked I Wish. I liked Go, um, yeah, which I had yeah, heard previously. Yeah. I, like, Juice World, the verse was super small, but still very good from Juice World. Um, Tell Me Why I thought was okay. Same thing I liked. Um, running I actually really liked it was super it was like two minutes long and the lyrics were ultra repetitive but it was I felt like it was still really good because the hook was really catchy Um, but let's see songs I thought that were really whiny wrong the one with Lil Mosey by the way Lil Mosey trash I still have yet to hear a a verse from Lil Mosey that I was like okay he's got some talent yeah man I, I, w- I was a little higher on him. You know, I thought, I thought after, like, Blueberry Fago, I thought, you know, he'd be capable of making some good tracks. But then I heard that, like, little Baby track, and I was like, uh, maybe he doesn't have talent. <laughs> I just, uh, I was on YouTube the other day, too, and uh, the 2019 Cypher, Freshman Cypher yeah, came up. that was so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and on this, on this track, too, like, the verse wasn't long, and half the lyrics were still from noticed. Like, <laughs> like you can't come up with that, That's like a that second, long of a verse? Like, like, come on. He has, like, three good songs, and he's got to harp him back. Oh. To these. 
not fair. I didn't like Cor- this guy Corbin. Yeah, yeah. Not good. I didn't think yeah. he was very good. He seems good. like a lo-fi artist. Yeah. Almost. Um, I agree. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. Erase You, I thought was okay. Sound, I thought that sound, or that song, he sounded a lot like Post Malone, but I didn't think there was a, anything special about that track. And then the last two, Need You Most and Selfish, were slower songs. Like, the beats were slower, and then, which, like, you mix the slower songs with the whiny vocals. I felt like it makes the whiny vocals even worse. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. So, those last two songs I really didn't like. Um, I don't know if you graded it, but I graded it, and I gave it a 6.6, because I did think that parts of it were actually pretty catchy. Yeah, I gave it a 6.8. Okay, so, we're around yeah. the same around the same boat. Cool. Yeah, I think I think the Kid Leroy is going to have a lot of hits. Um, I, I, I don't know his ability to ever, I don't know, carry a full project, though. But he's got a lot of room to grow, so we'll see. All right, the next and last album we're going to review today is The Outrunners, Currency with Harry Fraud. Um, I'm probably going to be the one speaking about it the most just because this isn't an album that got a lot of attention. I mean, Currency isn't a very popular rapper, and to be honest, Harry Fraud isn't a very popular producer other than, I mean, the only tracks that before this album I can name off the top of my head that were Harry Fraud were um, Shot Collar, that one with French Montana. I don't okay. know if you remember that one. And um, Location. The one of the Playboy Cardi intro tracks, the intro yeah, track I've, to Playboy I've Cardi. Yeah, I've heard that one. I've yeah. heard location. Yeah. So those are the only ones that I knew off the top of my head, but um, I I gave this track or this album a listen because I saw someone on Twitter said it was really good. I listened to it, and this is one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Really? Although I, I I've only listened to it a few times, so we do have to give it some time. But um, yeah, I mean, so far this year, the the albums that have had a rapper with one sound, like Freddie Gibbs, yeah, yeah and probably like uh, the West Side Gun, the earlier, yeah, ones. West Side Gun, yeah. like uh, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, like yeah, those types those of guys, guys with a producer throughout the track, like or throughout the album, like in a collab album with a producer. Those albums have done really well this year, and I really like this album. Um, the production was really, really good. Currency doesn't have a ton of talent. He's got like a really, really consistent flow. Yeah. He sounds like Pusha T to me sometimes, but mm-hmm. to me has, has one a little sound. bit more of a lisp. Too. Yep. Um, yeah, I feel like he, he he's similar to Gibbs a lot. Mm-hmm. The way I get uh, get you know the way I listen to his music, it's it's like you have these beats that are all super consistent, and then he just kind of gives like the same vibe on every track which i don't hate but it's not my my cup of tea Mm -hmm. to be honest so tracks that i really especially liked on this album offloading the intro track was really good i felt like currency on that one was really hard and the the vocal sample in the background was really good now i don't know how to pronounce this track but it's the third track (laughs) i don't know if it has to do with like a car or a gun or it, it's 90 apostrophe I rock hyphen Z. I have no idea what that's supposed to be. Yep, I got no idea. <laughs> but uh, it has Wiz Khalifa in it. What language is that? <laughs> the um, the currency part is okay, but Wiz in that song is really, really good. I love singing hooks from Wiz Khalifa, and the verse was really good. So that song was good. The fourth track, Golden Chrome, was good. Um, the trumpets were really good in that song. 
the fifth track it was my favorite one um it features rick ross who we heard rick ross in the freddie gibbs album he fit right in with with those uh with that production and he does it really well here too very extravagant the way he delivers yeah. these i i really like the feature for, on alfredo um mm-hmm. yeah and, and i thought this one was was better so definitely like this track um the sixth track R- riviera beach featured conway the machine who again is a guy that fits real well on these types of beats and he had a great showing um and then the last three tracks, uh, Seven Seas, I liked, and the last two were okay. But, um, yeah, this is an album I'm going to continue to listen to. If a vinyl comes out, I think I'm going to buy the vinyl. Um, it, these albums, from start to finish, the albums that have a rapper and a producer collab, I I, I don't know. To me, they, they, they connect really well with me. I really like them. What, who, who stood out for you more, the production or currency himself uh, are, are they really needed i don't know together? i don't know i think to yeah i think I, I don't know if either one shined over the other um same like with alfredo i don't know necessarily if if freddie gibbs or the alchemist i don't know which one sh- if either of them necessarily shined over the other one um but i feel like in the like again these two i feel like have similar talent levels just both of them are less talented than Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Yeah. So I gave this album a 7.6. Alfredo, I gave a 9. If you want a comparison, Alfredo is still the highest rated album I have so far of the year. Um, but I really like this album. It's definitely one I'm going to be listening to for a while. Have you uh, heard of Currency before this? I heard Currency, <clears throat> I think it was last year, and I want to look it up. He dropped a collab album with Wiz. And... I I'm pretty heard... sure he has one with Gibbs too. Really? Oh, if he's sure. had a collab album, I with... might be wrong, but I think he does. Let me see here. I actually have known Currency for a while. Have you? Because uh, my favorite rapper, Big Crit, mm-hmm. they uh, they collabed together when they were both kind of starting um, back in like 2010, and uh, they've had. He's been on some of my favorite Big Crit songs, like uh, No Wheaties. <laughs> and uh, there's a Moon in the Stars remix. I don't know if he was on the remix or the normal one, but regardless, yeah, he's uh, he's been in my life for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I'm having a trouble. Currency's page is full of music, so I don't know how much of that is actually him and how much of it is a, a feature here and there. But yeah, so 2009 dropped in 2019 is a collab album between Wiz Khalifa and Currency. But then if I go to Currency's page, um, Fetty, I think, was the album. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one with the, the yellow. Without, yeah, it has the Alchemist on it, too. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. all, yeah. They're all pretty much cut from the same cloth. So, yeah, that's something, ooh, Tapatio, like the hot sauce? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so that's an album I'll definitely have to uh, listen into soon. Because um, I, I like, this was a strong showing, I felt like, from Currency and from fraud as well all right we're gonna move on to the deluxe version of gunna's wanna you know we reviewed wanna what was like two months ago and for me i feel like this album along with um polo g's the goat so far this year are the two albums with the most replay value for me so i was excited to hear the deluxe version of gunna um it ended up being the first thing i listened to uh that thursday night because 
as predicted, Kanye didn't end up dropping Donda. Shocker. Shocker. Um, so he had 200 for lunch. He had one of foo or wow, I definitely. What is it called? I think one a typo. Of, one of flow. One of flow. One of flow. One of flow. All right, definitely had a typo on that one. <laughs> one of flow one featuring of Yak Gotti, Street Sweeper with Future, One Watch with Young Thug, Sun came out, Dirty Diana, Nothing for Free with Nav, and Relentless with Lil Uzi. So, with all right, between two hundred for lunch, Sun came out, and Dirty Diana, right? The three songs with just Gunna on it. Which one was your favorite? I think mine was uh, Sun came out. Okay. Um, all of them kind of, you know, sounded the same. Gunna, Gunna knows how to make just a standard track. Mm-hmm. Like, he could just throw whatever on there and it sounds good. Um, and I love how, like, there's a lot of, once again, there's a lot of uh, guitar beats on these eight songs. And I, I love every single one of those ones. Um, yeah, n- none of these three tracks really stood out. Okay. But. 200 for Lunch, I think, out of those three would be my favorite. Just because, purely because the second verse in that song from Gunna, I really, really liked. I thought it had a, a, a really solid flow. But yeah, Sun came out in Dirty Diana. For me, I didn't think it was a bad track, but there wasn't really anything special about it. Mm-hmm. All right, Wanna Flow. I know you're a big Yak Gotti fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. First <laughs> time I ever heard of him. <laughs> and I don't want to really hear from him again. Uh, yeah, this is probably the worst song out of all of them okay. for me. Just because... I wasn't a big fan of this guy, and uh, Gunna was fine, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't like when uh, Gunna is using these uh, artists that I don't know, because it's probably been the two <laughs> worst performances on this album. Um, yeah, well, what's, what was the guy's name? Nechi? Nechi. With of, Addy. uh, Addies. Yeah. Um, you know how many monthly listeners Yakagati has on Spotify? Uh, let me guess. Hold uh, on, let me, you want to know how many? First, just for reference, Gunna has... 16.7 million. I'm going to go 54,000. 13,000. Okay. So you were being a little generous. I was a little there, generous. <laughs> I was like, somebody's got to know him. Maybe he's um, the brother of Yo Gotti. So, <laughs> so that's a little sad. Um, but I really like the beat in this song. Wait, check Nietzsche. See how many he has. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> See if he can beat Yak Gotti. <laughs> Two. <laughs> 7,000. 7,000. Yeah, I couldn't beat him. Yeah, oh, no. Tough. But hey, you know, maybe that's their big break. Not really. Oh, that's sad. Oh, but his recent album, Nechi's recent album, he has features from Young Thug and Gunna. He's from the family, though. He's basically, yeah. That's crazy. I thought it wasn't. He was his cousin. He was his cousin. He's Gunna's yeah, cousin. He was yeah, he's Gunna's cousin. Or familyhood, or uh, childhood friend or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the beat on the song, but yeah, Yak Gotti, I wasn't a big fan of. Street Sweeper with Future. Um, I liked Future's feature. Uh, again, we've had so many, between High Off Life and the Future features in a few albums, we've had so much from Future recently. And we've said every single time that he's continuing to show versatility. I thought this was cool because he switched his animation every single bar. Like one line, he had like a, a regular tone not that much energy and then the next line like he he brought up a tone and was more animated and then the next line he went back down so i thought the future feature was kind of cool um i think future's having a really good year he's having a very good year and it's fine under the table too because i feel like 2020 so far has been really really good for rap and a lot of guys are having good years Mm -hmm. and future is a guy that was already up there on the, the hierarchy lists but 
Yeah, so I feel like his good year is kind of flowing under the table a little bit, but he's definitely having a good year. A lot of good features in a, you know, a versatile album. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and I, I thought the flow was good from Gunna was relaxed on that song. Mm-hmm. One watch from or featuring Young Thug. I think this is probably either it's either my favorite of the deluxe or my second favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay. So go, to, you can talk about it first because I have opinions on it too. Yeah, honestly, Thug Thug comes in a little weird. In he the does. Beginning. <laughs> it, it's something I haven't really heard much before. It's very smooth though. Um, I I this is really a Thug song. More so than gonna. I, I felt like when I first listened to it, it to it that it was supposed to be on so much fun. The thug it does, album. It, it like gives I that felt vibe. like it should have been or like belonged on that. It could have been on that album, and I wouldn't have batted an eye. It felt like a it would have fit perfectly. So actually. much fun thug album or song with a gonna feature. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I like the catchy hook. The beat was spacey. Um, thug was definitely the star, and gonna was fine. But uh, yeah, I I I liked it. Between the three Gunna songs on this album now, uh, One Watch, Far, and um, Dolls on My Head, can you give a ranking of those three? I'd probably go Far. Okay. Uh, one Watch would slide in at number two, and then I, I wasn't the biggest fan of Dolls on My Head. Okay. Yeah. Dolls on My Head would be my number one. I, I know you like but, that track. I know you but, like uh, it. And, oh, yeah, a point I want to make, too, is um, I remember talking about how um, dolls on my head they added like two producer tags at the beginning of the song mm-hmm. now on the deluxe version dolls on my head no longer has those producer tags and the beat rides out instead so i'm glad they did that i don't know why they did that maybe they listened to my to the podcast and did, heard me say it did they do that for any other songs i don't or think just so weird huh like they they didn't have it on there originally and then like a week later they added them on and then in the deluxe version they took them off i don't know why but indecisive yeah weird um Dolls on My Head was my favorite. I haven't listened to One Watch enough yet to be able to rank it above or below far. I don't know how I feel about the Gunna part in it. Like, he, he, yeah. he kind of, like, tries to pick up a Young Thug-type tone. I don't know how, how I feel about it yet. Yeah, I, I didn't think on any of these songs Gunna really shined that much. No. It was, I, I, the features more so. Well, speaking of that, yeah. Nothing For Free, the one with Nav honestly feel like nav outperformed gunner on that track i think he did too which is kind of disappointing i'm still not in love with what nav did okay um but i can respect that it's a lot more creative and he's at least you know venturing out instead of the same robotic flow he's adding these uh he's getting a little more animated Mm -hmm. and uh i liked when he he had like one flow in there that really stood out to me like I, i can't remember how it went at all but uh yeah, definitely one of the better NAB performances I've heard. I agree. Uh, and then the last one on the deluxe version was Relentless with Lil Uzi. I like Lil Uzi. I know you don't. Um, so I've I, come around on him okay. in certain... I was hoping for more animation from Uzi on this track. Um, there wasn't a lot of animation from him. I, What's funny is I actually kind of liked how he didn't have as much animation. Because <laughs> okay. when he gets animated, sometimes that's when I have the problem. So okay. I, I thought this actually was... It's pretty much tied for one watch is my favorite of the deluxe okay. songs because interesting. I liked both artists. I liked the uh, I liked how it was like electric guitar beat and it was it gave me like wild west vibes. Um, I thought both both artists fit really well and I actually surprised with Uzi. Yeah, I, I think they both had really great flows. It was a smooth song. Um, 
I don't know which one my favorite would be. To me, I felt like the original album was far better than the deluxe version. Mm -hmm. um, although we've had two months now with the original album, and we've only had a week with the deluxe version, so maybe that'll change. I think the production also is very consistent, though. I think all these songs pretty much fit into what 1-0 was. That's fair. I think that's fair. And I don't think these were meant to blow us away because it's a deluxe. That's so. true. Um, yeah, so I don't know which one my favorite would be. Uh, if I had to pick one, maybe I'd pick Street Sweeper just because I, I think Future's having a hell of a year. So we're going to move on to two final singles for the week. Cafeteria, Don Tolliver featuring Gunna, is a song that I heard as a leak last week, like five days before it dropped. And I sent it to Jason, um, who is a big Don Tolliver and big Gunna fan. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, he couldn't join us this week. Um, but I sent it to him, and I loved the song. And, of course, five days later, it ended up dropping. I think this is my favorite song of the weekend. Um, Don Tolliver in this song, I don't think that he's capable, as Jason has said multiple times, <laughs> um, of making a bad song and this one definitely sounds like a hit song he, he's so animated he's got a lot of versatility in his vocal range gunna's part i felt like was drowned out a little bit by a very impressive don Tolliver. I, yeah i feel like all part. all these gunna songs it seems like the features it was more there for the features but i definitely liked cafeteria mm -hmm. yeah me too me too i thought it was uh i thought the beat went hard i thought it was another catchy hook you know, Don Tolliver, just such a great voice, you know, such a For unique me. voice. Yeah. And then Gunna is fine. Gunna always has his standard performance, you know, love it or hate it. It's, it's Gunna. Um, but, uh, yeah, this song is, would be good on a party playlist. Yeah. I think. Talking about having big years, Don Tolliver is definitely up there too. Yeah, no Don't doubt. You, no Don, doubt. Don Tolliver. Honestly, Don Tolliver, Gunna, Lil Baby. Yeah. Don Tolliver, Gunna, Lil Baby, Future. Yeah. Polo G I'd put up there. Yeah. And Uzi, I think, has... I mean... Yeah, pretty much. Like, those... Because those, they're all in the same yeah. realm, basically. Yeah, great years. Mm -hmm. um, the last single we're going to talk about is Burn the Hoods from Ski Mask. Um, it was like a minute 30 long. wasn't super long, but Ski Mask has a very, very quick flow, so still got plenty of words in there. And, you know, in this time of social injustice being at the forefront of news... This is Ski Mask's comment on it. I think the beat in the one verse, I think he already had prepared, and he just added a hook to it. Um, I thought and, the hook was, uh, it's kind of like he was mocking, like, those people who, because uh, in the video, it's basically, like, them, uh, a group of guys punching out the clan. Right. So it's like he's kind of, like, mocking them in a way. Mocking? Like, those, like, white supremacists. Oh, like, yeah, those, okay. All those people. Fair. Who, who don't like Black Lives Matter or whatever. I thought it was... It, it sounded... And it was so hectic, too, that mm -hmm. it was, like... It was very aggressive. It, yeah, I liked it. I thought, like, it was a very good comment. Instead of being lyrical, I felt like he let the mood speak for it. What I, What's impressive about Ski Mask, and he's not my favorite artist. I don't really like his delivery that much. I just don't like how he sounds. But at the same time, I... He would be classified as probably like a mumble rapper to most, but he has great lyricism. He really does. And that's what's most impressive about him. Yeah, guys that have such a quick flow like that don't necessarily have the great lyricism that Ski has, Ski Mask has. I think my biggest problem with him is sometimes he just doesn't enunciate. 
and I can't yeah. really understand sometimes. He what does you're actually mumble sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, of all the obviously the bigger picture from Lil Baby, I think is far and away the best track that any of these rappers have come out with to comment on the social injustices. No doubt. Not that any of them are bad. It's but, just they're um, all taking different approaches. Right. Um, and I like the way Ski Mask did it. The, the, obviously, lyrics were there. He very clearly said, fuck Trump. Um, but I, I think that having that hectic, frantic beat in there, he let the vibe and the, the mood of the song, the beat, the production speak for the vibe, yeah. speak for his feelings. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. We had plenty to talk about. Uh, a lot of music very good, this very good week in rap. Um, it was tough. I had to. I didn't get to listen to Logic's album till today because I was so caught up in Jake Cole's singles, and then I was listening to that Currency album for a while too. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Gunna. Um, but yeah, lots of music from this past week so far. I don't know if I mean the music was going to drop tomorrow, and we don't have anything yeah. necessarily that's I, supposed I, to drop. I didn't see really but I think much. next week is supposed to be good. Because I think Amine is going to drop. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I love Amine. I think Amine comes next week. I think Conway the Machine is supposed to drop next mm-hmm. week. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else off the top of my head. Well, but that'll be two very different styles that we can review. And I know this week, because there was so much music to talk about, we didn't get to make our list of best NBA lines. So we'll have to do that next week. Yeah, it seems like next week's going to be a down week for us. So. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, well, real quick. Who's your prediction to win the NBA championship? Uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's tough because we don't know how everybody's going to perform. I yeah. still think it's either going to be the Bucks or the Lakers. Okay. I, I'm going to go Lakers. I want LeBron to win another one. I do too. And the thing is, if uh, I either want the Lakers or the Clippers to win because you either get Lakers and LeBron or you get I want to see Kawhi win a third championship three, three different teams. Yeah, so, three different finals done. MVPs. Yeah, exactly. MVPs. Although, how it would be kind of interesting if they, they go to the finals and Paul George just eats it up and he wins a finals MVP. I wouldn't hate to see P- Paul George win a championship. He either, needs though. to have some he, – he needs some playoff success. I want to see it for him because, yeah. you know, it's always been like first-round exits and ever since the injury, yeah. it's been tough. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely expect the Bucks to just eat the East alive. Yeah. So Giannis and the championship will be you interesting. You see any other teams out of the East, you know, you're thinking? If of? I had to pick one, it would be the Celtics. I think it's... Because I think they're very well built. I'm, I'm most excited to see the Sixers, just because okay. they've been a train wreck all year, pretty <laughs> much, and now Ben Simmons is shooting threes. Oh, I saw so. that. <laughs> that 3-6 matchup, if it ends up being Celtics at 3, Sixers at That's 6. That's going to be super interesting. Because the Sixers end up... They usually match up pretty well against the Celtics. Also, so don't sleep on Toronto, because... Yeah. Honestly, they have they have great chemistry, um, and they're they're hungry. They're, they're yes, scrappy team. I, I do I do agree. Um, Fred Van Vliet's one of my favorite players in the NBA right now. I think he's super yeah. underrated, but um, he's gonna get money next year. Oh, for he's gonna get a bag, but um, like. It, you don't have Kawhi there to guard Giannis anymore. I know Giannis it's... is gonna eat him alive. Unless you think Pascal can... Pascal, man, <laughs> we'll see. he's getting better every every game. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, the, the, it's going to be interesting because the Raptors and Bucks are both teams that defend very well in addition to having high-flying offenses. So that, I think uh, if that is the Eastern Conference championship, that'll be fun to watch. And obviously, 
every matchup in the West is going to be fun too. The one team I don't want to see win a game is Miami. I'm not a big Miami guy. They're not that fun to watch. I, I don't like as much as Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I like Bam's the one person I like on the team, and and Dragic. But outside of that. I think the only player on that team that I like, like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson are fun to watch just because they can hit threes from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, like, Bam, as great of a player as he is, like, he's not that fun to watch, I don't think. And Jimmy Butler, I feel like... I, I Jimmy's mean, annoyed me for the past couple of years. Really? Just, like, I, I mean, I don't really have the biggest problem of him wanting out all these places, but it's just, you know, annoying when it happens all the time. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's been the third time, man. It's a lot. That's true. Um, I want to see the Nuggets big ball lineup. Me give me, too. give me Jokic, Jeremy Grant, big bowl lineup, bowl bowl, and uh, <laughs> Plumlee and that's gonna be crazy. Set. Give me all five skinny, of them. Skinny, skinny Jokic. <laughs> I have no idea what that's gonna be like. I'd pick. I'd have to pick. The Lakers over the Bucks in seven, but I feel like that's going to be a common opinion. I mean, I, yeah, pretty much everybody's picking Lakers Bucks, and if you're not picking that, you're picking Clippers Bucks. Yeah, and I can't blame you because, like, although I do think the Celtics are a little sneaky. I feel like they're, especially since Gordon Hayward's having a decent year too. You know, people are uh, talking about Portland if they can make it into the playoffs. You know, Ooh, I don't sneaky. know about Portland. Well, the thing is, they got Nurkic back. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, they got Nurkic back, but I don't know if he's, one, going to be back 100%. Two, I don't know how much of an addition he's necessarily going to be because, mm-hmm. I mean, also, I, I feel like Whiteside for the last – I feel like Whiteside might be a better player right now than Nurkic. I don't know if that's a bad opinion, but – Hot take. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, there's some people who are sneaky on Portland. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. They're gonna have a tough first round matchup, regardless. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see them beating the Lakers or the Clippers. No. Honestly, the West is just so stacked. It's stacked. I, I feel like anybody. Yeah, you got at, the outside of like seven or eight, probably. Yeah, you've got the. Even Mavs at like the six seed. Like, yeah, they can do it. Luca. Luca's hot. Luca. Yeah, Luca can get into stretches where he doesn't miss. But I mean, so can Dame. So can CJ. So I mean, the Trailblazers yeah. could do it too. I don't know, it'll be fun to watch. Excited yeah. for sports to be back. Uh, definitely hoping for basketball to come back and stay since the Red Sox are not having a good season. Yeah, it's um, been tough. I'm, I'm already done with the. I'm already done with baseball. <laughs> be. Baseball might be done with itself. We'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. If we don't have any popular music or any rap music in general dropping this next week, we'll come up with something fun to do next week, as we always do. Um, thank you for listening. Tune in next week, and we'll see you later.